It's episode 1,123. It's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me, not from Loveland, Virginia, this is literally, dear listeners, this is the first time since 2007 that Jesse Carey is not on the show. Uh, holiday travels and different things uh, got in the way. So uh, joining me from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up, though? Just down the street, uh, right there in Nashville, our managing editor, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. And from Los Angeles, you know from Social Club Misfits, it's Marty. Hi. (laughs) uh, I apologize in advance if I feel, if I seem a little frazzled. I just got off the phone with an insurance adjuster because I got in my first accident ever uh, yesterday. And so I'm doing that. Which is insane. You've been driving uh, for a few years, Cam, so... I have been paying, I've been paying monthly insurance for 21 years and have never ever cashed in a claim, and so wow. I'm, I'm getting some of it back now. Yeah, I was turning left onto a five lane road, like a busy road, and the traffic was stopped at a red light, and so I was they left like an opening for me, you know, to like cut, you know, cut out and turn left onto the road, and as I was uh, turning left, two lanes of stopped traffic, you know, kind of going through, turn left, a guy was coming down the center turn lane. And just smack me right in the driver's side door. Whose fault was it? Well, it's a no fault because we're in Florida, but like whose yeah, fault no really fault was stay. it? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He couldn't have seen me. I couldn't have seen him. All the traffic was completely stopped because there was a red light, you know, 200 feet away. And so like, I, I, I don't know. I had my turn signal on. One of the things that's my worst fear is like getting in a car accident and then having a conversation with the person that you hit. I just feel like it's immediately aggressive, immediately angry. Everyone's upset. No one knows why. They're just like they're just caught off guard. How did it go? It was fine. He was just like an older, older guy. Smelled like cigarettes. He was <laughs> a little frazzled. I was frazzled, but nobody got mad or anything. No tint on his windows. The weird thing was there was a. a there was a police officer doing the traffic for this school across the street, you know, like the red light thing. You know, there was a cop like right there. He walked over because he heard the screech and like looked up and he goes, he goes, I am, I, but I can't help you. And I was like, why? He goes, well, if this wreck had happened on that side of the street, you would have been in the city of Orlando, but it happened on this side of the street. You're technically in Orange County. So you have wow. to have an Orange County officer come out. Like what? Mm, that's funny. It's like, you're right. So you're stupid. right here. You're like standing yes. right there. He goes, it's so weird. <laughs> well, if you listen, if you, if you he were driving, he was following day, you. Honestly. Yeah. He didn't want to work. Cause if he was following you and gave you a ticket in like Orlando and you just like happened to stop inside like Orange yeah. County, he still has to give you a ticket. He still has to be a cop. Nothing stops being a cop. He's just like, uh, it's what I do it right now, bro. It's not that serious. Probably. That's why. No, that's what it was. He was like, he's like, it'll probably take an hour for the sheriff to come out. And I was like, I'm leaving to go get my kid from school. He goes, Eh, yeah, if your cars can drive, just exchange information and yeah, deal with it later. And I was like, okay, yeah, left. I did that same thing. I got, I just uh, everyone was slowing down in the turnpike. I wasn't paying attention. Hit me from behind, and the cop was like, I called the cops, and they're like, uh, is it that bad? I'm like, it's not, and they're like, just go. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, the cop said go. You know, you saw the guy. The cop said just go. It's not that bad. He's like, okay. Everyone's saying okay. We just left. Yeah. I, again, I have no ex, I have no experience in uh, having a wreck, so I didn't know what to do. But yeah, it's the cop a no was fault. Like, yeah, so it don't literally worry about is, it. Yeah, There's, no one has to figure out what happened. That's why. See, no what's fault, crazy baby. to me is I was thinking about this when you were telling me this, Cameron. I 
I don't think I've ever seen a Tesla like damaged before. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Like, you, yeah, especially in Tennessee, Derek, you can confirm this. It seems like everyone's car has some sort of duct tape on it. Mine did at one point, I will admit. But <laughs> it just. <laughs> duct tape. I got it fixed. She literally story. had her bumper duct taped. Yeah. Yeah. It took a couple months, but we got there. Um, well, it's but like, the car, I've never seen it, a Tesla. Like, they're always like in pristine condition. Well, it, it it avoids it. Like it it'll like it'll swerve itself out of the way yeah. if it sees mm-hmm. a collision coming. It was just this was like totally blindsided. You know, like you, yeah. there was no visibility to know that this car was driving. And, and look, and that's what, what kind of car did he have? Because the Tesla has, especially your model Tesla, it's got the sensors and it has the cameras. So yeah. it's like, oh, wow. it's like, yeah, this was crazy. Like to have so much tech around you, and mm-hmm. they still hit you is nuts. And then a Nissan comes along and hits you. It was like a 1993 <laughs> Ford Focus. It's lit. That's, it's lit. Smelled of like cigarettes. It was. It's lit. I knew it was going to be that level. Like, there's no tint on the windows. There's no, like no. fabric. You know what I'm saying? They smell like oh, cigarettes because yeah. he's smoking. You know, oh. like I know what kind of car was hit hit you. Yeah. The guy who gambles on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You know I'm going with this. If not you know gambling his, while it, he was driving, like, he's like smoking. It was def- yeah. yeah, he was oh, watching. Yeah. He was playing Candy Crush while he was. Uh. He hit you, and <laughs> they should check his phone for Candy Crush. To be honest, so here's a question <laughs> I have for y'all because this is something that a lot of my a lot of black people do. I don't know if y'all do this, but. Is it every time, so look, when a situation like this and you barely avoid getting hit, like, so Cameron got hit this time, but you barely avoid getting hit. Do you just be like, see, that's why your car messed up right now in the first place. Is that, does that go to you? All my black friends do that. Like when we see a car with like it's dented on the side and then they almost hit you. It's like, see, that's why your car messed up in the first place. Like, It's not a problem unless something happens. And it's like, you call out the the bad thing. My parents do that. Like, I think it's like a very common like, like I, that's why your car has a broken, like, this, it wasn't a problem a second ago, but because you swerved in my lane, <laughs> that is probably why you have a shattered windshield, <laughs> you're missing a taillight, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. we went to a restaurant the other day, and the waiter forgot something, and the guy had one leg. The waiter had one uh-huh. leg, and my dad's like, like, immediately, that was the first thing my dad called, he's like, he's like he forgot the nachos, and why does he have one leg? Like, oh, for some reason, goodness. it, like, became a thing, like, and why does he have one, and everyone's like, yeah, what? Why? Why does he have, you know, just because we like to call out, pe- I guess, uh, I don't know. People like to call out people's weaknesses. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, that's, I don't know. that's why you have no fender. I know, think man. like I do that with like cars where I'll see, you know, someone, yeah, with some sort of something's wrong with their car. And I think my first thought is like, oh, someone probably hit them or like it wasn't their fault. Mm. And then I see that they're a terrible driver and I'm like, oh, okay, no, you did that <laughs> to yourself. Like mm. that's why your car is literally mm-hmm. pieced together with different colored what? doors and duct tape. Why do people not get, like, get in an accident? How come they don't get their car fixed? Can't afterwards? afford it, bro. They probably got well, yeah, yeah. Got, also, But everybody has to have insurance. Yeah, insur- they probably don't have insurance, nah, probably, right? Like, what is they that? Probably don't, they, probably don't, they probably don't have full coverage. They might uh, have... They just do the bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. so they probably got coverage yeah. just to fix the other person's car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So look, hey, coming, from, uh, coming from a former poor... 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Straight out the hood. <laughs> <laughs> That's From a poor body. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Well, okay. I also will say, like this summer, I, when I had to get my car fixed, they said, I took it to the shop. They said it would take one, maybe two weeks max. It took uh, almost four weeks. It was like three. Yeah. I think I got it back out. That's another weeks. piece. Yep, like yep. Some people don't have the luxury of having no car yeah. for four, you know, mm. four weeks. And so if like, you have good insurance, they'll give you a car. Right. But most people don't. Mm. So you don't get insurance. Right, if you have yeah, no car, you're not have good uh, If you got one of them uh, joints <laughs> that you went to the, uh, you typed in your information, they sent you like 40 different insurance companies and you've never heard of them before. They don't have no commercials. It's yeah. like Uncle Jimmy's insurance. It's like, but they're not, they're not giving you a rental car, bro. It's over with. Emily drives a Nissan Altima. So just, just know the damage Nissan already. Rogue. It's in the car. Oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan's what? like the car that went on TikTok. They're like, what car? They asked mechanics, what car would you not want? And they're like, Nissan, Nissan Altima. Really? Like they always say Nissan. Yeah. I wonder why. But I just saw that video like five seconds ago. It gets pretty good gas mileage, which is like truly the biggest factor into why I bought it. Um, yeah. And it goes 180 miles per hour. Like there's no limit on it. That's why the cars are so dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you see an Altima, like Alt- we call this thing Altima Energy. It's where you just drive like a like it's like a girl. She's young. She drives like a psychopath. Um, my wife had an, my wife had an Altima, so I know about that. Um, you know, I drive 130 miles per hour on the highway. Don't care. Bad. Yeah. She's got places to go. Listening to YG, Get Loco, like all these like rap songs, like you know, so it's just get, the, 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 it gets deep. You know what I'm saying? Like my wife's gonna hear this and be upset, but it gets deep. It's just uh, it gets deep. How many wrecks has she been in? Out, my wife's only, okay, so my wife, when I first met her, she had gotten a car accident. She was just parked. Yeah, par- she was parked. She was at the light, whatever. And a guy in a bike in downtown LA was not paying attention. This is the grossest story. He hits the back of her car, flies like 30 feet, like totally body destroyed. His arm, like Stop. flesh, hair, skin was still like in the window. He got, mm-hmm. he got He hit it so hard and it wasn't even her fault. It was his fault. He was on a bicycle or a or a motorcycle. It's a bicycle, and you know those bikes on in the city. It's different. In the city, is different. These guys go like sixty miles per hour, and he was just looking down. He had the camera on his head too, so you can see the footage of Mm. him flying in a circle forty times in the air and landing on his face. Yeah, he got hit, and I remember my wife was like, "He's got a camera on his head. He hit my car," and I was like. Call the police. Why are you calling me? Call the police, you know. <laughs> Man, my wife, my wife and I were in LA and we were watching somebody cross. It was like crazy. I don't know if it was La Brea or it was like one of those like streets that's really, really like popping. And we see this Asian lady run out in the middle of the street. She was trying to cross at the last minute and a guy wasn't paying oh, any attention. And I mean, he hits this lady. She flips over the car, comes down the back. She gets up and just keeps walking. Yeah, it's that's very common over there. I was very like, common, bro. Yo. Like she did. Like it, I mean, she gets up, keeps walking off the street. Everybody's attending to her, trying to you know make sure she's okay. But she, I, I, I never seen a person get hit that hard. But I don't know if that was just like adrenaline or whatever, but that is ingrained in my mind like forever. I will never not see her flipping over this guy's car, landing, <laughs> getting up and and just walking back across the street. I was like, dang. Unfortunately, a lot of people are illegal, to be honest with you. Oh, you think you think that might have been an illegal situation? 
Yeah. So uh, this is what was explained to me. A lot of people in California are legal. And so they legally can't tell you, hey, so like I know a situation where a guy got hit and he was like, please do not tell anybody. He's like, and the guy was had a broken leg. He's like, don't tell anybody. Just wow. keep moving. And it's, it's, you know, they'd rather get patched up at the hospital than have to figure that out through insurance. And so that's a real thing in California for sure. That's, like it's not a that's sad, yeah, actually that's... common knowledge there. Yeah. Yeah. He, she got up like Ving Rhames in Pulp Fiction. She started running after, you know, started like, like nothing happened. Yo. Dude, I, I, I don't know why this happened or why I was watching this, but like A&E has a show called Road Wars and it's all <sighs> these are like road rage incidences and mm. wrecks and stuff. And it's just clip after clip after clip. I don't know. I, it's on Peacock. And I ended up watching like so many episodes the last couple of days. It's some, some, there's some crazy stuff. There's crazy. No, there is. Um, oh, no, I'm going to send y'all a trailer for it. No, I love stuff uh, like that, Kim. I love that, stuff like that. That is the last I, I was thing watching, I was watching Florida. <laughs> I want to see it. I was watching Florida Cop at the ICU today. Uh, they have like, it's called Florida Cop. It's a new show on, the, on like A&E as well, where it's like Florida Cops doing Florida things. And I'm like, I love it. I love all this stuff. I love this type Dude. of reality TV. I know. It's like back in the, the, the tow truck days or like they would repo people or whatever, yes. and get into fights and stuff. But anyway, yeah. No, I, I, I love, I fell in love with this show. <laughs> I watched so many episodes and then I got into a wreck. I wonder if that was. Uh, I love this. I think problem, that there see? is a connection there. I think your mind was like, I want to be on the show. <laughs> Just so happened I'm to be at the same time. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Passion. Uh, also, at the end of the show, we have your feedback. Uh, it's Christmas movie feedback. Nice. But stay tuned uh, right now. Coming up next, it's Relevant Buzz. Listening to Electric Guest. The song is Holiday. Uh, it is part of the Spotify playlist we do every year, A Very Relevant Christmas, which is out now. 350 curated songs. Go check it out. All the music on today's show will be songs uh, from A Very Relevant Christmas. So, yeah, go check it out. That's Electric Guest. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week, Emily. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're going to start Buzz by talking about Daddy Yankee, uh, which I'm what? more excited oh, okay. about. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one. Dale, in a dale. 
Um, for anyone listening, he obviously is the international superstar who has mega hits like Despacito, my personal favorite, Gasolina. Uh, but he recently concluded the final show of his farewell tour and announced that he's pivoting his life and career to focus on Jesus. Wow. Did you hear about this? In what way? Let's like he became a Christian? So, he's, so, well, yeah, so he's over his career, he's, you know, kind of mentioned like, you know, thank God for this and a speech, different things like that. But uh, at the end of the show, he gave this really big speech that, you know, clearly something has happened recently that he's making this big decision. Um, and he just shared that he, you know, he'd really come to realize that like living a life of success is not the same as living life with a purpose. And he'd felt really unfulfilled for a long time. Um, and so this is a quote he said, someone was able to fill that emptiness. That is why tonight I recognize and I am not ashamed to tell the whole world that Jesus lives in me and that I will live for him. All the tools that I have in my possession, such as music, social networks, platforms, a microphone, everything that Jesus gave me is now for his kingdom. Let's get it. All right. I see you, brother. Go daddy Yankee. It's awesome. <laughs> man. At the end of his career, the end of a very long 40 year career, he finally accepted <laughs> Jesus Christ. And now he's going to use this platform for good. I'm really excited about he's this. He's 46. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. After a long six, he's been in the game since 16, but now is the time where he wants to tell everyone about Jesus. That's how it happens, Listen, bro. Not yeah, too much He just him, left okay? his deal. That's how it happens. Why do Christians always do that in the back end? Why can't they do it in the middle why is it always at the back end of a career yeah, because christians don't want to pay for tickets <laughs> mm. i'm trying to figure out is he like yeah it was the last show of his farewell tour so was he planning to walk away from music because he got saved or did he like or is this just coincidence or is this like a decision to walk away from secular music mm. i don't know like man look I, I i'm gonna say this publicly i haven't said it but me and cameron we've talked about this me and you've talked about this the hard part for a lot of artists is christians in general now i don't say this is a rule and i'm not saying i'm gonna take every christian but I, what I've observed being in this space is Christians are okay with paying for a cause, but they're not okay with paying a Christian for entertainment. So mm. the same Christian that'll go to a Taylor Swift concert will fly across the world, pay ungodly amounts of money with the Ticketmaster stuff just to get the Taylor Swift thing. But for a Christian band, like even like a like for Derek Minor or even a Maverick City Music or whatever, people feel like they shouldn't pay for that because it's for God. You know it's, what I'm yeah. saying? And that, yeah. and I think that yeah. that's a, I think that's a deterrent for a lot of creatives. Not, I mean, it's not. It's, it's very nuanced. I understand. It's like, yo, you're making music. This is supposed to be worship. Why am I having to pay for this? But at the end of the day, you know, like I could see why he like, man, let me run this bag up real quick. And then let me go into a different space where I know he probably doesn't even know that it's more about benevolence. But I mean, when you think about the the impact in that way, like I could see why I know that's I probably would do the same thing. I don't even hold you. In in Miami, I know for a fact, like a lot of these Latin artists, I mean, the churches in Miami do a really good job. A lot of them come from the churches in Miami, like El right. Jesus, and there's a lot of Latin churches in Miami that reach those types of artists. So <clears throat> I know that. There are probably people like the Maldonados and people like that that are like in their ears. So I know that it's like a process of working. My, I think the laughable part, and I'm not making fun of his faith journey. It's amazing. I think it, the laughable part is like, it's like, yeah, it's at the very, very end of it where he's mm -hmm. like, I'm not even releasing music anymore, but I'm also, you know, I'm also a Christian. And, but I think that's amazing. I think Daddy Yankee is, Daddy Yankee, if, 
is like the godfather of like reggaeton mm-hmm. music. So mm-hmm. um, those songs, that's like I, I don't know how to explain that in any if you don't know who he is in the terms of like American music, but he's like he's very very important in uh, Latin music. <laughs> Who would be an equivalent? Is he a Bieber level for reggaeton? I, I would say that he, because, you know, Latin music crosses over. I, I right. would say that he's he's a superstar. So imagine, I wouldn't say Justin Bieber, but I would say like he would be, who would who'd be a little bit less, like he'd be like a Shawn Mendes or like, I don't know, like a, between Shawn Mendes and Justin Bieber where his music is very, very important. It's not like world shattering. Like like Justin Bieber, every the world stops, but his music is very very important, and uh, you know he's a he's superstar. Yeah, so he's, he's a he's, he's a superstar. He's, yeah, he's Gucci Mane for trap music. He's 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 Jeezy for trap music. Yeah. He, he's yeah. not like number one. Like number one to me would be like you know you're gonna think like. He he's up there with like Maluma, like that would be another guy who's just like a superstar. But yeah, he's he's very very big, very important, huge. Like these guys go on world tours and every single arena is like thirty forty thousand, and a lot of people can't even name the songs. But it's mm. a niche audience of Latin people who love it. And then the thing about Latin people is that we just want to go to a show to dance. So a lot of people go just to hang out and have fun. Uh, to Derek's point, like in Christian the Christian world, you know, people don't really buy a fifty dollar ticket to worship. Right. They don't don't do it, especially when you have it every Sunday at your church and they have a church a band playing the same song karaoke you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true but it's a big deal yeah yeah. so if you guys want to collab with Daddy so here's the thing he didn't say yeah. <laughs> he hasn't officially said that he's like never making music again um, like he not like this is kind of his farewell tour, so it's like implied. Yeah, why that, would you but... do a farewell tour though if you're going to keep making music? Exactly. I, I, I farewell to 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 secular music. Probably, I, that's like what the, I think you know, it might be. Yeah, he's probably not going to do Despacito Maybe. anymore. If he does it, he might do like what Kanye was doing during his Jesus Jesus is King thing. He remixed it into Christian songs or whatever. Those are called Misfits featuring Daddy Yankee. Come on. That'd right? be crazy. You know, what I'm That'd be crazy. you know what the funny thing is? Like, okay. How did, okay. Why did no one talk about how Kanye West is no longer a Christian? People got egg on their face. People, oh, yeah, I, I they think do. people got egg on their face. I remember when Kanye dropped Jesus is King. It was so many people that was telling me, you need to make more music like Kanye. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens in a couple of years. You know, I'm not going to. Has he said he's 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 walked away from faith? He just dropped a song called Vultures. And it's like really profanity. Like, it's really like it's really odd. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's such a weird song that not even Apple Music picked it up. Spotify. It has like a lot of weird statements in it, but it's pretty it's it's like a nine out of ten and explicit. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's not a Christian because yeah. that's hard to yeah like I don't know I don't know him but I would say that the pivot from okay all my music is for Jesus and you know you know he was on this whole campaign of like we got to start making more positive stop making such negative music that's all out the window like that song with him yeah. and Ty it's Ty and somebody else I was like oh yeah, it's okay Lil Dirk and another young guy I was like yeah he Lil, went back to my dark twisted fantasy Kanye he didn't this ain't even yeah. like college dropout this is like 
I'm just out here, Kanye. Which yeah, he's trying to say exp- extreme things, yeah. so people are like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. And I just think that no one's following it anymore. But I always, I, it's you know, I feel like every time we talk on the relevant podcast, one of the conversations is how a lot of artists are finding God, mm. um, and I think it's really great that a lot of artists find God. But then on the flip side, there's a lot of artists who use the church as a marketing tool, mm. and so I feel like the church is really relevant if you really think about it. God is relevant always because always. it's either used as a point of marketing or it's used as a point of safety within the industry. Like, hey, now I'm a believer. This is what, you know, like this is where I align my values with. So it's funny how God is always being used. God is always going to be relevant. God's always going to be important. Speaking of uh, using yeah. God, uh, that's a good segue mm. to the yeah. next buzz item. Yeah, you did a great job because uh, we are talking about uh, an artist who announced that they are entering their Christian era uh, as of last week. And there's been some conversation about that. Uh, Lil Nas X posted a video on social media <laughs> yes. with a song. Uh, <laughs> I know, just marketing. I know. Yeah, we've yeah. got a clip. We're going to play the song here. Yes. Great. <laughs> Father, scratch my song that you know he said it genuinely is about uh asking god for hope when you feel hopeless um and it's definitely a different sound for him maybe 10 seconds after he posted it people immediately pushed back on him just questioning like are you being genuine are you mocking god because mm. it's his past music and his the art that he's made he, he just had his devil him saying christian era is like so does that mean you'll make christian music for a while and then move on to a new era. No, he said like, and when he posted and he announced it, he said, I can, I can make Christian music and live my lifestyle. And he's like, I can kneel for two reasons. And it's like, he's trying to embrace the profane. And so here's the thing with, with Nas, uh, what's interesting with him is that his dad is a pastor. Yeah. He grew up listening to Lecrae. (laughs) He grew up, he grew up in the church. So he wanted to be in reach with the lifestyle choice. Did he say it for real? That's crazy. Yeah. He said something. Well, you know, it's funny. I followed Lil Nas X when he was in uh, his Reddit face where he was mm. dropping fun songs and no one knew. And now look at him now. He's freaking huge. Yeah. But with the, the but he was a big fan of Christian rap and Lecrae and Andy, actually, I think, too. That's crazy. And with with the lifestyle choice that he chose, it's probably really, really hard. He, he probably dealt with a lot of trauma as far as like being homosexual and being in a black church, homosexual in a black church, mm. it's probably a lot of a lot of stuff there. So 
that's the thing that that is hard about artists and going back to the conversation that you had or the thing you said last about artists kind of going in and out of Christianity. Some of it isn't necessarily, I don't think just like marketing ploys. I, I wouldn't even write this off as a marketing ploy. This could literally just be a kid that's publicly wrestling, but everything mm. he says is yeah. constantly under scrutiny. Mm. So then now you got to also deal with the, 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 the part of that as well. So like when I look at Kanye, when I look at Nas, the hard part about these types of guys is they are so high up. Like they can't, it's hard for somebody like a Cameron Strang or Marty that we know would love on these people yeah. in, in, in a way that isn't predatory. That's really hard. They're not coming down here with, with guys like us. So they don't yeah. always have wise counsel that isn't just like constantly maintaining some sort of music platform thing. So I really feel bad for guys like Ye and X as they wrestle with these things publicly. But that's why the Bible Good says point. lay hands on no man suddenly as well, because mm. all those people that jumped on the Kanye's a Christian thing and all these Christian artists suck. Y'all need to be more like Kanye. It's like you, you, we, we don't lay hands on nobody. We always, soon as somebody says they're a Christian, we just elevate them, give them the keys to the castle. We don't take any time to treat them like human beings and allow them to heal just because they're talented. Because I feel like we're always looking for a Saul. We want a King. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, for them. it's true. I think it is like what you're saying there. It, like there's this tension where it's like, do we, you either have yay where it's like you immediately say like, yes, he's a Christian. Let's lift him up. Or they treat them like Lil Nas X where it's like, well, there's no way you're a Christian. They push them down. And it's like, like you said, they're both in the middle. They're clearly on some sort of journey and to sort of push them one way or the other is just going to end poorly for everyone. So it's like, they do need people mm -hmm. who can mm -hmm. walk with them as they are wrestling through this and stuff. And, you know, and, and it is interesting, like Lil X, he said that like he is genuinely expressing himself through his music. And he's like, I feel like people are just trying to gatekeep Jesus. And it's mm, like they, yeah, they just kind of that. are like he like he yeah. should be able to explore his faith. He does have that extra layer of he's in the public eye. So everything he says and does is going to be scrutinized. But we have to hold tension with like letting people grow and change while not pushing them one way or the other. Mm. I'll be honest with you, like early, early days of the magazine, like I learned my lesson in this respect. The, uh, I had heard, you know, the Christianity Today was founded by Billy Graham back in the fifties or whatever. Oh, wow. I heard that in the original era of that magazine, they wouldn't put anybody on the cover that was still alive because oh. they didn't know what would happen next. You know wow. what I'm saying? So like, um, I, and that's always been in the back of my mind. Cause like my dad, he started a magazine in the nine, you know, eighties and nineties, televangelism, all those scandals. And I remember like they would have to cover the scandals because my dad was like, well, we gave our platform to this person. And if something comes out about them that would change our audience's perception of them, we need we owe it to our audience to tell both wow. sides of their story. Mm -hmm. And so it just felt like they were always mm -hmm. reporting on Christian scandals and it was like gossipy and stuff. And I was just like, I just I didn't know what to do mm -hmm. with relevant. And so. When we were early days of the magazine, um, I remember DMX announced he became a Christian. And it was like our second issue. And I was like, oh, this is, this is great. And so right there in the front matter, beginning of the magazine, DMX finds Jesus. You know, we covered it. And then, you know, what happened yeah. like a year or so later, like he's just like backslidden and kind of walked away from faith and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, crap. We sat there and like endorsed it. Like, yay, celebrated. He's 
a Christian. He's one of us now. And I just, I stopped yeah. doing that after that. Like after I kind of learned from DMX, like we can't be, yay, he's mm. in the fold. And oh no, now he sins again. And oh, you know, like I just, I didn't, you know, it's like, cool. We just told you all about Daddy Yankee's proclamation, but we're not like right. saying anything other than just what yeah. he said. Here's what he said. And then you can well, make think a about decision. It. Celebrities about are it, but... just regular people, right? So, all right. Mm. It's not uh, the average Joe that just gets saved. We celebrate the fact that they got saved, right? But nobody, nobody is like now elevating them to the standard of maturity and all those different things. But that's exactly what happens when a celebrity gets saved or becomes a believer. We instantly make them skip all of the steps and say, man, this person is going to do damage for the kingdom. And we're trying to instantly elevate them into anything. And the Bible warns us of that in James, where it says that if a person that's not dressed as cool as somebody else, you don't put them on the front row and put the person that's not dressed great on the back row. It's the same thing with clout. When a celebrity gets saved, we shouldn't treat them any different than the local local guy that just got saved because we do a disservice to both people and the community when we do that because we elevate these celebrities and they never get any chance to get soul care, work through traumas yeah. and all those things. And then now we just heaping more trauma onto them. Cause y'all know the Christian community as well as I do, which is man, the Christian community hails you like Jesus one day. And then they throw you on the cross the next day for, for whatever issue. Right. So it's, it's not a good thing. I got to start reading that Bible yeah. again. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> James, you said, look at James. Just kidding. Nah, I love it. It's a good one. All right. Uh, what else do you have, Emily? Uh, last thing I want to talk about, uh, you know, I, hopefully you saw this. George Santos was officially expelled as a congressman last week. Um, and literally hours later, HBO announced that a film was already in the works. We never talk politics, but... And we, and we, <laughs> I just a dude um, that faked his degree. Yeah, he faked a lot of my things. My favorite thing he's ever said, my absolute favorite, you know, I'm not a politics guy, but I, I've, everyone heard about this. When he goes, they go, so you're Jewish. He goes, I never said I'm Jewish. I said I'm Jew-ish. And they're like, nah, okay. Nah, he's like, my, I'm serious. He goes, my parents are Catholic. <laughs> they're like, but you said your parents are in the, were in the Holocaust and then died in 9-11. He goes, no, I'm Jew-ish. Ish. No, bro. I was like, I never heard. No, we literally, we don't have enough time to like go through everything he's been accused of, but it's like wire fraud, identity theft. It's really? Insane. Oh yeah. Well, well, all the lies stuff. Like my mom died in nine yeah. eleven. I think she's died three times. She wasn't even in the country during nine oh. eleven. Yeah. Uh, he, all his fake degrees, all of his whatever. That's not why he got expelled. Why did he get expelled? Because the House Ethics Committee did an investigation about his campaign finances. And it turns out that he was double dipping and using campaign money for personal reasons, i.e. Botox. Botox and only and only fan <laughs> subscription. I'm telling no you, rich kidding. people don't know how to spend He's money. He's using the campaign credit right card. Rich people do not know how to spend money. I will help you guys out. No so he's the only, he's Botox only the, and OnlyFans. He's like this... In 250 years, he's like the only the sixth congressman to get expelled, and it's because of Botox, Botox, wow. and oh, only. Face. The only face. Oh, I want to see his face. <laughs> I want to see his face before and after Botox. I got to see this thing. But anyway, he's. But what's funny to me is like, okay, so this caught our eye that like within a yeah. day, uh, HBO announced they were they were doing it, and it was it's a lot of the uh-huh. team behind mm, me yeah. that's doing the film, and I was just like, I was telling Emily this, like, I don't mm. know how this is gonna go because when you think about Veep. 
it worked What's until Veep? 2016. Sorry, can you help me? Oh, Veep is great. Veep, Veep is... Uh, we love it. Julie Louis-Dreyfus, uh, Tony Hale. It's like a political okay. satire the girl show that was on yeah, HBO. The girl Elaine like from Seinfeld. Oh, 10 years. Okay, okay, yeah, she is, you, yeah she's, a vice pre- she's basically the president, vice oh, president. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so it's that. like... Yeah, yeah. So it follows her and then and it's like behind the scenes, you know, and it's like these it's quirky awesome. characters and stuff show. like that. So it's like political satire. But it didn't work after Trump oh, wow. because their cartoony lampooning thing was mundane compared to what was happening in real life yeah. politics. And so it lost its edge and it didn't know what it wanted to be. And so like the show kind of petered out. And so I'm kind of going with the George Santos story. Ruth is stranger than any satire or fiction you could do about this dude so are they gonna play it straight hold on are they Cameron. gonna try hold on Cameron. I, need, I don't i need you to yeah. unpack this for me are you telling me that this show yeah. was doing satire of politicians and then trump comes along it was more, it was cartoonish, more cartoonish than their cartoon than the actual show yeah so people mm-hmm. lost yes. interest yes. in the show and the show didn't know where to go because Correct. trump isn't that funny so how do you how do you spoof something that's real life is right real life is is more crazier than the the, the cartoon and that's what i'm saying about the george santos story it's like are they going to try and like make it zanier like the 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 reality is crazy you know this dude so it's like do you do it straight kind of like they did like those drama series Mm -hmm, for like mm -hmm, we work or uber and those like do you do a gritty and like i don't know what direction it'll go it's the veep team so it's kind of like I don't know. I'm I'm curious, but you know there's going to be a million George Santos. Yeah, you can only go like more extreme, I guess. Right? That's the well. I mean, it's pretty extreme. But you telling me he was using campaign funds to fund his OnlyFans? I just want no, 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 no. to see. I just need to subscribe. No, subscribe to, to OnlyFans. other people's OnlyFans. He was buying. Oh, so he was nasty, is what you're saying? Yeah, this he was the guy who gave sixty grand yes. to Ruby Rose. He's that guy. Oh, just kidding. You nasty fool. <laughs> he spent. The, the funniest yeah. part about this is that that's money for that's basically taxpayer money. That's the craziest part, right? Like that's yeah. so he's using taxpayer money tax- to give thirty grand to a girl. Bro, you saying that my mm-hmm. taxes? Went to George Santos to post feet pics. No, his people who don't donated to his campaign. Oh, so it was, it was campaign are, donations that he used. Yeah, okay. So the you. fact that you donated, you donated Derek to this guy. Just kidding. You don't. You so everybody, <laughs> no. that, everybody yeah. that donated to George Santos paid for his obsession with yeah. feet pics. Is what you're saying? Feet, mm-hmm. uh, his face, lips. He's also uh, d- uh, facing 23 criminal oh, charges wow. still. For his, so for his conduct, including wire fraud, identity mm-hmm. theft, theft of public yeah. funds. That I mean, would be he, the campaign. He defrauded issues. everyone, telling them that he built this whole story up, right? Is that is that illegal to build a story up and then, right, like uh, under false pretenses? It's I think, not illegal. I think if you're, if you're misleading... Right. But but if he's accepting donations under false pretenses because the money he said part, yes. he had qualifications yeah. that he didn't... I, do I, I was reading the story the other day. He, he like, there was a... I think there's two or three instances where he like set up um, GoFundMe's for different people, and then he ended up yeah, taking for dogs, that money. His dog never, yeah, his the dog veteran never died dog hang, Yeah, I heard. So I was reading an article the other day that about, said that he he, said his, he he set a GoFundMe up for his dog. And no, his no, dog, no, there was, and his dog this is before he's in politics. No, no, no. There was like dead. a veteran's. There was like a veteran's dog who was like the veteran. I think was homeless, and he had this mm-hmm, dog who right. needed surgery. And George Santos like found him somehow and said, well, "Like I'll help you." And so he set up this whole GoFundMe. GoFundMe, and then and... the veteran was like, "I never saw any of the money." Oh my gosh! 
Wow. Yeah. American politics, baby. But this is this is like long before politics. This this guy's yeah. just been a fraudster. Oh, also important to note, he does deny all of this. So I feel like oh, we wow. should clarify that, uh-huh. of course. We need what, what does a guy like do like that? Yeah. Like after this? Oh, like what do you do after cameo this? Now. For oh, two hundred dollars. Okay, that's about right. You yeah. can get a cameo mm. video from him. For two hundred bucks, he'll give you he'll he'll you can hire him to mm-hmm. spill gossip, uh do life advice. Uh, Some of the other ones. Uh, yeah. They all wishes, put money together you know. to have him do like a relevant Christmas message. All right, so, hey guys. so now let me play the, 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 the <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better word, the devil's advocate. So is this guy that smart? Is this because it, 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 the thing is, maybe he it's like we could look at this and say he's an idiot, but this man has scammed his way. It's being caught. a politician. Like, yeah, this caught, though, he is the next level of scammer. Like, this is not, this is genius level. This is like some Lex Luthor, like Joker level, like scamming. Well, right? the thing is, it, it would be if he didn't get caught, I think. He immediately, I think, once he became the the nominee and all that stuff, he immediately was questioned oh, and like. All the lies mm-hmm. started coming well, out. Well, I think he's yeah. a good liar I don't liar think he realized. Because like once he got because like he would get caught like so the OnlyFans thing that came out a few weeks ago and he did an interview where he obviously denied it and he was like I just found out what OnlyFans was and it was like okay you obviously didn't like dude like if you're gonna lie be a good gold member we have credit card receipts (laughs) yeah you're gold member did you you remember like after he got elected and uh, it was like right after the election and there was like a joint uh, maybe it was a State of the Union address or something like that where everybody's in the same room together. And everybody mills around and you kind of sit in different. Mm. Nobody wanted to touch him because he was already known. And so there was this clip of Mitt Romney. Radioactive. Mitt Romney, you know, he's going and shaking everybody's hand and he worked down. And he, as he's shaking George Santos's hand with a smile on his face, he says to him, dead eye, he goes, you're an embarrassment. And then he just kept going. Oh, my god! But gosh. like, you know, like, but for the cameras, it just looked like a, a normal interaction. But somebody like wow. reported it. You could see. We need like a real him, sports, you know what I'm saying, for politics at this yes. point. You know, like, I need yeah, behind yeah, the yeah. scenes. Hard knocks. Yes. 24-7 documentary crew that's bipartisan. They don't, they're not like on one side. They're just recording everything. And we could, like, C-SPAN is missing out on money right now. Yeah. Because I would, they, yeah. all this stuff that's gets me idea. hyped up that I want to look it up. I want to I look up all his, like, craziness because. Yeah. It's just so outrageous. It's it's Veep. You're right. We're living out Veep. Hood politics. We need to. We gotta subscribe to uh, Jason or uh, propaganda show Hood politics. Oh, he'll have a good a good episode. With I do want to say I've seen a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people kind of theorize like who's gonna play him in the movie because there are a few actors that kind of look like him and could maybe pull mm. it off. But I actually was reading an article where they were listing like who could possibly play him, and the final one they gave was just have him play himself. And I honestly mm. think that would be really funny if they yeah, just. No, he would love it. He, he's done so much more than me. He's in a volleyball league. He's in a. He was a congressman. I have done nothing. We're the same age. I've I done think nothing he went with to like my four life. Four or five Ivy League schools. He he found Bin Laden. He found Bin Laden. Laden the, yeah, George Santos. He found he John Gotti yeah. safe, and then he uh, mm. there's money in it with Geraldo. Mm-hmm. He split it up with him. All right. Well, that'll do it for relevant buzz. 
Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com every weekday where we are covering the intersection of faith, culture, and everything in between. Thanks, Emily. Stay tuned. Up next, Passion joins us. Trying to sleep, but the devil trying to sneak this. Told my baby that I need that and I need this. She said, don't forget the reason for the season. Yeah, me and my brother watching Rudolph. 75 in Phoenix, I might have to take the roof off. Fire up the grill, we never knew about a U-Log. Honey, black Santa's in the house, they look like Ooh-Log. Grandma got the apple pie, busting out the bando, daddy. Probably got the NFL or something on the channel I ain't worried about my troubles now I'm chilling with the family Got an AK full of love and I've been loading up the ammo You're listening to No Big Deal The song is Christmas in the Sticks Again, it's on a very relevant Christmas Go check it out Hey, if you like this podcast But you might like it better if there were no ads You can do that Head over to relevantmagazine.com And sign up for Relevant Plus For just a couple bucks a month You get This podcast, ad-free, you get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Christian Stanfield from Passion. Uh, Not only did the worship team uh, just drop a new song, they also are gearing up for their annual huge conference, Passion Conference, at the end of the month. Here's part of our conversation with Christian Stanfield. So Passion Conference is coming up at the end of the month. What are you looking forward to the most at this year's conference? Uh, So much. Uh, We get to be back in Mercedes-Benz together, which will be uh, quite a moment. To have all of us in one space, again, is going to be, it's really beautiful. Um, You know, when you have 60,000 plus college students in one room, worshiping, praying, crying out to God for their generation, um, crying out to God for their own life. It's, it's a pretty unforgettable, unforgettable sight, something you don't forget. So it will be great to all be together. We have an incredible collection of speakers and worship leaders that are really like friends um, and family um, that we're going to be leading together, which will be amazing. Um, but, you know, the conference this year, I, it, every year I have such high expectations for, for Passion Conference. This year um, in particular, it feels really significant. I think with the times we're, we're living in, you know, there are a lot of headlines that we're, we're seeing, a lot of headlines, a lot of stories we're reading. It feels like things are kind of tense and, and shaky right now. And then just in general, there just seems to be so much um, coming at us from every direction to distract us from the, the larger reality, the truest reality um, that we're living in, which is uh, the rule and reign of Jesus and the advancement of his kingdom. And so it just feels like a great time to gather together at the bends in January uh, and say with our voices and with our hearts, put a stake in the ground and say, we are a generation uh, united for the fame in the name of Jesus. So um, really praying that God breaks through while we're in those days and gives us a big view of Jesus. Well, before the recording, we were talking and you mentioned you've been a part of Passion for almost 20 years, Yeah, um, which 
you know, is a long time to be in ministry for a lot of leaders. Do you have any advice for young leaders out there who want to stay long, but are nervous about the challenges ahead? Yeah, I was, I'm just sort of touching on it there, but you know, I, I'm just starting to figure out how to talk about this because I've, I've got a lot of thoughts, um, a lot of things swirling in my head for conference this year. But I think the thing that I'm praying for most of all is that we will all, the students and us as leaders included, all of us together, um, we will understand and get a picture of the larger reality that we're living in. Um, you know, things are not as they seem. So we touch and we feel and we smell and we see all these things around us, but there is a truer reality happening um, just behind the veil. Um, Jesus is king and his kingdom is real. And, um, and so I think what I want more than anything for, for all of us is, is for that to come into full view and for us to just get a glimpse of that. Um, it is a, uh, in the best way, it's a terrifying thing to catch a vision of Jesus as King and as Lord. Um, it reshapes, reframes and puts everything in its right place. And that's what I want so badly for students at passion. I want it so, so badly for myself. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's what I'm praying for. Um, and, to, and then just, uh, to see the contrast between our life and our brokenness and the holiness and the righteousness of God and to go, man, some of these things don't add up. Like the way that I'm living here doesn't match up or add up to the holiness and the righteousness of God. And I need to adjust some things in my life. Um, and that's a good thing. That's like Holy spirit conviction that we need. <laughs> So I'm praying that we feel that contrast and we feel that gap. Um, but also we see in that contrast and gap, the beauty of the cross and God's grace for us in Jesus. And, um, so there's a lot in there I know, and I'm, I'm trying my best to articulate it, but, um, I just, I really feel, I really have a, a strong sense that by the Holy spirit, there will be a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the room in the bins. And that Jesus will come into full view and it will change everything for us. That was Christian Stanfield from Passion. Make sure to go check out their new single, He Is To Come. It's available wherever you get your music. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. Whenever it snows, the world is a snowball just for a song. Get up and roll it along. It's a yum, yummy world made for sweethearts. Take a walk with your favorite girl. It's a sugar day. What if spring is late and winter it's a marshmallow world? You're listening to The Lone Bellow. The song is Marshmallow World. I love them. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st. And this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers. And when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable. Choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus's message turns violent, He's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. 
So get ready, Relevant Podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we were talking about Christmas movies, and now it's okay to watch them. You know, it's finally December. Uh, and we got talking about our favorite Christmas movies. So we asked you for your favorite Christmas movies and a one-sentence defense of why it's your favorite. You hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and other places we posted. Well, here's some of our favorites. <laughs> That's a great... Evan Penn... What do you say? The greatest Christmas movie of all time is the Charlie Brown Christmas. Why? He asks. Linus dropping his blanket and quoting Luke 2. Is it Luke 2nd or Luke 2? I don't even know. It's It's Luke 2. Luke 2. As soon... Well, second chapter, yeah, Luke. Yeah, it's not the second book. I need to start reading this book, huh? Just kidding. Uh, quoting Luke 2, as soon as he <laughs> says, fear not, chills every time. Why? I've never got chills on that one. Do you guys remember that scene where Linus drops his blanket and says, fear not? Yeah, of course. Really? Maybe. Yeah, because, because... Maybe if you read your Bible more... It was like the first chills. time I heard scripture on TV. I mean, like on mainstream one, TV. There no black people in it, so I ain't watch it. <laughs> They have Franklin. Bro, Franklin be sitting over in the corner while everybody had to come up and sit at the kitty table. Yes, you saw bro. that going around. Okay, that hey, hey, we need to clear that clear up. It up. We right need now, to please. set the peanuts straight. The, around Thanksgiving, this meme started going around where Franklin is sitting on one side of the table and all the white kids are sitting on the other side, like they didn't want to be near him. So people are like, "Why are they? Why are they pushing Franklin off? And nobody will sit next to him." Look at the table. It was Franklin's birthday party. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. And ice cream <laughs> yeah. in front of them. And they were celebrating him and honoring him right. as a seat of honor. They were right. not excluding Franklin. And in fact, Charles Schultz, it, like, it was a big deal that he fought to be able to have That's a black awesome. character on yeah, network television. Definitely. So it's like, they weren't excluding Franklin. They were celebrating and honoring Franklin. It's the internet That's his birthday. and nobody cares and it's hot topics. It doesn't matter. And here's the crazy part that regardless of what the truth is, the damage is done. Now now Snoopy's racist or whatever, you know? Like I got to watch that movie. I got to watch that Charlie Brown movie. Is that like a is that one of those films that kind of come with uh Christmas? Like it's one of those like standard like Home Alone. You have to watch Home Alone. Like as soon as my kid grows up, I'm going to show him Home Alone and like Charlie Brown and it's like 20 minutes oh, it's long. Oh. It's it's great. It's 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 like on yeah, Apple not, TV. I'm going to watch it, it, it it's, and it's I'm going to listen to you and Evan, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to get chills. I already know. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it too. I never was a Charlie Brown fan growing up. I don't know why I just didn't really like the Charlie Brown thing. It just, I don't know what it was. It's too slow. I used to me. tell people that he was my cousin. There wasn't enough people getting punched in the face for me. I think it's a different era. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> yeah. era for us. We like different types of thing growing up. Yeah. Our parents probably love it. Adam Davis's favorite Christmas movie is a Muppet Christmas Carol. It has Muppets music and Michael Caine. Never that feels like that. one that's I need good. to rewatch. Cause like there's a couple people that mentioned that on there and I remember yeah. liking it, it's but good it's good. Some good. people want to watch the world Ben, as he says at the end of the Muppets, right? I think that's no, that's from Batman. No. That's Dark Knight. That was a Dark Knight. No, that was it. Some was people a, want to watch crossover. the world Ben. He's selling that to right? uh, yeah, he's selling it to Kermit, and Kermit's like, "Why don't people celebrate Christmas? Some people want to watch the world Ben." <laughs> New terrible impressions. Uh, Caleb Simmers says his favorite Christmas uh, movie is The Santa Claus. Yeah. He said, with democracy really becoming the way we choose leaders in the West, it's good to know 
that one powerful position successor is still chosen by either a lineage or by taking Santa out. Want to change careers? Wait for Santa to visit. I love it. Kill him. That's a great he wins. analysis he, right he there. He wins. He wins. Caleb. There's a, obviously people are saying National Lampoons and, you know, there's just a bunch of stuff. Next week on the Tuesday show next week, we are going to do a March Madness bracket and pick the number one Christmas That's awesome. Uh, we're we're, we're going to do a bracket. We're going to do it. We already know what it is. Cam, I was, you know, I was, I was actually thinking about like, what's the worst, what's the worst Christmas song bracket? I almost was thinking about that. Um, like, what's the worst Christmas song? Some Christmas mm. songs are like designed to be annoying. They're so yeah, they're, many. they're designed they're so to be annoying. Many. Like, think about rap, bomb, bomb. Like, there's always a sound connected to a Christmas song. Mm. So we should we have a couple brackets. Of the we classics, to... my least favorite is the drummer. Yeah, that's boy. what I'm talking about. Oh, exactly. I'm so sorry. I only like it when you love the drummer boy. Do I do it? I do love their rendition. I love that one. It's fun. Like happy birthday, Jesus. Like, it was always uh, stupid to me. I know. It's kid. like like I'm watching some Christmas pageant and they're like in the Middle East, and all of a sudden, like this there's a newborn baby, and this kid comes in playing <laughs> drums. I'm just like, Yeah, that's leave sick. them alone. They don't want to hear your banging. Yeah. No drums in the Middle East during that time. <laughs> they're trying to celebrate <laughs> the savior yeah. of the world's here. No. Okay. Make yeah, a and like noise. they parade little kids around in Christmas a lot. Like happy birthday! They have little girls singing "Happy Birthday, Jesus." And it's like, all right, get this kid off the freaking stage. He sucks. <laughs> Yo. I love little kids. Happy birthday! I used to direct the Christmas pageant at my old church because I loved it so much, and those kids were terrible and so chaotic. But it's that was the best life. part. Really, I missed that actually. All right, there's more feedback where that came from. Uh, Time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, we were just talking about it. We want to know your thoughts on the worst mm. Christmas song. I, I do we go? Are we saying classics? Or we are we saying do, contemporary? Because yeah, there's a lot a of point, Cam. there's a lot of bad Christmas albums when they do originals. Yeah, you know I, mean? I would probably say it has to be uh, contemporary. Like it has, to, it can't be new. It has to be something that we've all can like be like. Okay, we heard this. It's not like a random right. Yeah, right, it can't right, be yeah. like. Yellow cards rendition of a Christmas. Like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Bobby Brown Christmas track seven. Yeah. All right. Hit us up on uh, Twitter at Roland Podcast and uh, wherever you see us post the, the question and we'll read our favorites on next week's show. Maybe I'll play clips too. Well, before we wrap um, things up, no, uh, I'm Cameron Strang. Go check out our Christmas playlist. It's on Spotify. It's called A Very Relevant Christmas. It's 350 of our favorite songs and no Mariah Carey. Also, make sure to check out RelevantMagazine.com every weekday where we are covering the intersection of faith, culture, and everything in between. Uh, Sign up for our newsletter for our top five trending stories. Follow us on all the socials. You know all the good stuff. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Derek Miner, and I got a single dropping called uh, Band, so go download it right now. I'm Emily Brown. And I'm Marty. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. God is relevant always. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.